Merry Christmas to those who are here in the sanctuary and also over there in Connection. If you haven't been here for a while, that's what we do here at Willingdon Now. We watch cartoons. I <laughs> just want to thank uh, Linus for reading today's text for us. You know, in the clip, Charlie Brown, he, he doesn't walk in with the perfect, beautiful Christmas tree. He brings in this little tree, sparsely branched, hanging over to one side, and his friends say, uh, Charlie Brown, can't you even get this right? This is not an appropriate tree for Christmas. Or is it? Let's remember the story. During the time when the angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah and to Mary, during the time when Elizabeth and Mary conceive, during that time a decree is issued from Rome, all provincial citizens in the Roman Empire must register. Caesar Augustus, Rome's most powerful, greatest emperor, he is reigning and Quirinius is governor of Syria. During their reign, a census is called, and every Jew must register, including Mary and Joseph. Mary, her ancestral home, is Bethlehem, and so in the later stages of her pregnancy, she makes the journey to Bethlehem, literally up to Bethlehem, because it sits at about 809 meters. On the world stage, Rome is ruling, but God is writing a story. An angel has come from the presence of God and Mary has miraculously conceived. For God, the time has come. The time has come for Messiah to be born in Bethlehem on a day when there's absolutely no room for them in the inn. When you think about today's news, what do you read about? What do you see? What do you hear It appears that multinational corporations manipulate the global economy. It appears that world leaders jostle for power and control the fate of nations. Media icons message us, have us hear what they would have us hear. The drug problem escalates globally. In our nation, we face an unprecedented moral crisis. So what does that story that happened in Bethlehem have to do with us today? And is there any room in our hearts for that story? The main point of our message today is that our human response should match the response of heaven. Our response should match that of heaven. Let's look at the text again. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. These verses that Linus recited. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The shepherds are out in the field, it's dark. They're doing what they have done for millennia. They're caring for their sheep. They're protecting their sheep from robbers, from wild animals. They are the only people working on Christmas Eve. Everyone else is at home enjoying turkey. I'm glad you chuckled. (laughs) Suddenly and unexpectedly, an angel appears, and they are filled with fear. Probably the same angel that appeared to Zechariah and Mary, Gabriel, On that dark night, God's glory shines around them. The languages of the Shekinah glory of God, the the radiance, the splendor, the essence of who God is, it shines around them and they are filled with fear. That same glory that was present in the temple, Exodus chapter 40, that same glory that appeared before the people of Israel wandering through the wilderness, wilderness, the glory in the cloud in the pillar of fire, that glory surrounds them. Glory. A few years ago, Bruce Springsteen, he was being honored for his musical legacy. There was a banquet. And at the end of the gala, he got up and he made a speech. And this is what he said, I quote, Music is about feeling the glory. It's about making people feel like they're alive. So if music is about feeling the glory about people feeling like they're alive. Imagine the feeling of the shepherds when that glory of God actually appeared around them. And they heard the voice of heaven. It was the visible manifestation of the power and presence of God. Not in the temple in Jerusalem, but in the fields. The glory is going from the temple to the fields, to the people. They've never felt more alive. God, when he responds To Jesus' birth, he manifests his glory among the people. It reminds us of Zechariah chapter 1. Sorry, Luke chapter 1. It's the the song of Zechariah. Luke chapter 1, the end of verse 78. Whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Something new is happening. It's a new day. The angel recognizes that the shepherds are filled with fear. And so he says, fear not. Why not? Verse 10, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Because I bring you, you shepherds. Four times the angel says, you, you, you. That word, the good news, it's the verbal form of gospel. And so the main point being, The good news is for you. (laughs) It's personal. It's for you. It's for me. That revelation to the shepherds should evoke within us just a, a sense of wonder. Why the shepherds? This is actually bad PR work, right? This is bad public relations work because who do the shepherds know? I mean, they hang out with sheep. Shouldn't the angels be communicating with the trendsetters, with the opinion makers, with those that will lead the next generation? Why are they revealing the glory of heaven to shepherds out in the fields? 
Well, because the shepherds, they represent the lowly, the humble, the poor. On the scale of power and privilege, they are on the bottom. They represent all the Charlie Browns of life who just can't get it quite right. The good news is intended for all people like the shepherds. And if you were here and heard the message last week, Jesus, when he gets up in Nazareth, and presents his mission to the people, what he says is, I've come to proclaim good news to the poor. And all of us are included because when we are authentic before God and ourselves, we recognize that we are spiritually poor. We are weak. God's good news is of great joy for all the people. All the people. Good news for everyone. At first glance, We would understand all the people of Israel. But as we read through the gospel of Luke and through the book of Acts, we recognize, we perceive that this good news is actually for all people around the globe. Joy sweeps from heaven to earth. This is the message of Christmas. The good news is reason for great joy. That word joy, it means just a deep-seated gladness. Despite the circumstances. We had a Christmas production here, a Christmas musical over last weekend on Monday night. I was in the resource center and an Indian man approached me and wanted to talk about some of the books in the resource center. He said, I just watched the musical. He says, I I was a Hindu. I've just come to faith in Jesus. And one of the things that I see, one of the things that was evident in the musical was just exuberant joy. And he commented, you know, not all religions sing. And he's right. Some religions wail. Some moan. Some just sit in silence. But Christians sing. God has given us a reason for joy. Why? What is the good news that leads us to sing? Verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Unto you, shepherds, you, is born this day a Savior. Now is the time. What has been spoken up of throughout, the, throughout history by the prophets, it is now happening. Now is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Wow. Now, for the first hearers of those words, for the first readers of those words, why would those words have been so powerful? Well, you see, Caesar Augustus is ruling in Rome. Caesar Augustus, he was known for the infamous Pax Romana. When he came to power, there was an end to civil strife. It was considered to be a peaceful reign as he dominated the peoples of the Roman Empire. He considered himself to be the Son of God. He accepted that title. He liked to be known as the one that had brought peace to the whole world. Listen to this inscription. It's written about him. Divine Augustus Caesar, Son of a God, Imperator of land and sea, the benefactor and Savior of the whole world. And it's while he sits in Rome, enthroned, that God writes another story in Bethlehem. The emperor sees himself as savior, 
sees himself as the one that brings peace. And in Bethlehem is born the real emperor, the true savior, the true prince of peace, the true Lord. Those three titles, savior, Christ, Lord. This is the only time that they appear together in the New Testament. Savior, he is God's deliverer of God's people. Christ, the Messiah, the one sent by the Father. Lord, the sovereign God Almighty present in a child. Caesar sits in Rome, but God is writing another story. And here's the sign. Listen to what the angels say. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. What? What sort of sign is this? The Savior of the world, the Messiah, the Lord, in a feeding trough. Apparently the animal room was often next to the inn or in a cave. Ancient Christian tradition tells us that Jesus was born in a cave. Jesus' life from cave, born in a cave, buried in a cave, and on the way across the true tree of the good news. The Lord in poverty. Not an ornate golden bed in a palace, but God in a manger. Consider for a moment what the message would have been had Jesus been born in Caesar's palace. Or if Jesus had been born in the home of a Greek philosopher in Athens. Or if Jesus had been born in the family of the chief high priest in Jerusalem then our tendency would be to think that the good news is actually for the powerful elite. It is for the educated few. It is for the religious elite. Not for everyone. The sign at Echoes Isaiah 1-3. The ox knows its master, the, the donkey its owner's manger, but Israel does not know my people do not understand. Israel struggled to understand the meaning of Messiah's birth. Do we understand it? Do we understand what it's about? When we think of Christmas, do we still imagine the perfect tree, beautifully ornamented, the perfect family that gathers? Is some elusive Christmas spirit Maybe Charlie Brown got something right when he brought in that small, poor, hanging over tree. The child in the manger reveals the father. And then suddenly, there's a multitude of angels, thousands of angels. The text says praising and saying. Many interpret that to be singing. Thousands of angels singing a message, confirming what the angels have said to the shepherds. This is heaven's response to Jesus' birth, a song. And what do they sing? Just a parenthesis, what, what do people 
communicate, when they have the opportunity to communicate with another world. Here's an example. Voyager 1. It was launched in 1977. So it's been floating out now in interstellar space for 40 years. The mission of Voyager 1, the space probe, was to explore the outer solar system. So Voyager 1 made flybys of Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. And one of the interesting things about this space probe is that it carries a golden record. And so why? Why would it carry a golden record? Well, the idea is that should there be intelligent life forms out there, they'll get the record and they'll discover something about who we are. So on the record, there are photos of Earth. There are sounds of Earth. The sound of a whale. The sound of a baby crying. The sound of waves hitting the shore. Uh, Greetings are recorded in 55 different languages. Half of the record is music. Isn't that fascinating? That half of the record would be dedicated to music. Eastern and Western classics, indigenous music from around the world. And only one rock song. Someone says it's too bad. Only one rock song. Guess which song they chose? They chose Chuck Berry's Johnny Be Good. Go, Johnny, go. What would these intelligent life forms understand if they would receive the record? One American comedian said that only one response from outer space so far, four words, send more Chuck Berry. Now think about how God communicates with us when he pulls back the curtains of heaven. It is a very, very clear message for us that speaks to our deepest longings. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Or as the New International Version translates, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The song of heaven descends to earth and God's song is a song of peace for all those on whom his favor rests. A song of peace, what we most yearn for, what peace? Immediately we ask, well, what kind of peace for whom? Is there peace for Yemen or for Syria or for Jerusalem? So much in the news in recent days. And as you know, the U.S. President Donald Trump, he declared that the U.S. Embassy would be moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, communicating that Jerusalem is affirmed as Israel's capital. And in the Islamic community, there's been a global response to that. Protesting. Erdogan, Turkey's president, in response declared that the Turkish Embassy would be moved to Jerusalem, indicating that Jerusalem is the state capital of the Palestinian people. And this week, United Nations leaders declared that what the Americans tried to do would not be done. World leaders. 
jostling for position, for power. And we ask, will there ever be peace in Jerusalem? Well, yes, in God's timing. What you and I need to pay attention to is the story that God is writing in our day. Peace, the angels sing about peace, shalom, this complete peace, peace with God, inner peace, our hearts filled with the song, peace among men, the longing of all peoples. I remember being in Japan a number of years ago and my Japanese friend took me to Kyoto, Japan, because he wanted me to sense the spiritual heart of Japan. And so we walked from temple to temple. We walked into this large garden. At the center there was a temple and I asked him, so what is this about? And immediately he responded, it's about peace, the Japanese Long for peace. People all over the world long for peace. Where do we find it? The message of Christmas is that God has drawn near to us in Jesus. The Father sent his Son, his one-of-a-kind Son, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, And when we respond to heaven's song, God's favor rests on us. And of course, the question is, well, how how do we get that favor of God to rest on us? How, How do we need to respond in order to receive that peace? Well, let's read how the people responded at that on that day when Jesus was born. Luke chapter 2, verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The shepherds, they actually discussed what has happened. And they decide to check it out. You you find in this, this, this short passage allusions to seeing, to hearing, numbers of times. The thing that has happened, that word, the thing, it's the rhema, it's the God-breathed word. They believe that they've heard a word from God and they need to respond. They talk about the thing being made known to them. That word, the made, made known, means a mystery has been revealed to them. They believe they've heard from God and that they should respond. And so the shepherds, they make a diligent search. Maybe you need to search today. They run quickly into town. There's this sense of urgency. They find the couple, the babe in a manger. Unbelievable. The word is confirmed. They're filled with faith. They'd never felt so alive. God writing a story in their lives. Where is God writing a story today? Let's go back to Turkey. 11 years ago, Aisha, young Turkish woman, Growing up as a Muslim, she she read the Bible. She found it interesting, but she put it aside. Four years later, while she was sleeping, she had a dream. And this is what she says. Aisha says, I suddenly found myself in a big green field with green trees around me. 
A man dressed in a white robe was standing there. He had this thing on his forehead like a crown with prickles. I knew it was Jesus. He didn't speak to me, but he looked at me. Actually, he looked into me. He gestured to me before he disappeared into the sky. An invitation to follow. Aisha went to the imam at her local mosque and asked her questions, but he didn't have answers. Then last summer, summer of last year, she met a young Canadian woman. We'll call her Sarah. Met her in her own country. Sarah walked her through the story of Jesus explained to her the meaning of Jesus' birth. And when Aisha began to understand for the first time why Jesus had come, tears just streamed down her face. When she understood why Jesus had come and died for her, she joyfully surrendered to Jesus as her Savior and Lord. And then at the same time, she was overwhelmed with fear. What about her family? How would they respond to her? Sarah and Aisha kneeled and prayed for the peace of God to rest on her. God's peace. The Prince of Peace abiding within her. God's favor resting on her. We'll come back to her story. So in the daily news today, people like Erdogan, the president of Turkey, Trump, Putin, Kim Jong-un, they appear And if you just read the news, it would appear that they were directing much of history. Remember, God is writing another story in Turkey, in the U.S., in Russia, and even North Korea. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Caesar Augustus, Herod the Great, they were in the news. Their victories, their accomplishments, their exploits. God was writing a story in Bethlehem. The shepherds, they investigated what they had heard. Others just sat in amazement. Amazement, wonder is never enough. Observe the example of Mary, verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She, she treasures up all these things. She tries to discover the right meaning of what is happening. She ponders. She considers it. The word is ongoing contemplation, ongoing reflection. And so, okay, Elizabeth, she conceived miraculously, had a son. I conceived, had a son. The shepherds appear. What does this mean? Pondered in her heart. That's an expression for mulling over. Putting, Putting together. Mary, she mulls over the meaning of the events. And so maybe this Christmas season, that's what you need to do. You need to mull over the events, put them together. You see, the word, it can tickle our ears, but actually miss our hearts. What is God's word to us? The shepherds, they go even a step further. They receive the word. They respond with faith as Mary did in chapter one. They run to Bethlehem to check it out. And having confirmed what they've seen and heard, they become the first witnesses of Jesus' birth. They actually become the first evangelists of Luke and Acts. Farmers, presence. They've seen things. They've heard things. Unbelievable. What a night. The shepherds glorify God and give witness to what they have heard. They respond in harmony with heaven. 
They sing with the angels of heaven, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Yes, God among men and women. So Aisha, she went home with her Bible last year. She had just surrendered her life to Jesus. She went home. This last summer, her friend Sarah was able to return to Turkey. And Aisha and Sarah waded into the ocean, and Aisha was baptized, a public witness. But there's more to the story. Last year, when Aisha went home, she shared her newfound faith with her roommate. And she was sure that her Muslim friend would be shocked or maybe even reject her. But her roommate was on her own journey, despite having never read the Bible, despite having never talked to a Christian. She had become drawn to Jesus while studying art history in university. Her Muslim professor had shown her how Jesus was depicted in the paintings, in the tiles, in ancient sculptures. And as she studied those tiles, those paintings, those sculptures, she was drawn to Jesus. She didn't understand, but she was drawn. And so now, as Aisha came home to their apartment and Aisha explained the meaning of the gospel story, for the first time she was understanding what all of that was about. And on the day of Aisha's baptism, when Aisha and Sarah returned to Aisha's apartment, her roommate was waiting for her. And she declared, now it's my turn. Sarah writes, that weekend, we were the church together in that small city, which I had never heard of before and could barely find on Google Maps. We prayed together, talked through what baptism meant, and shared our stories, stories of faith. Sarah and Aisha went to the kitchen. They filled a large bucket with water. As they did that, Aisha's roommate was dancing around the kitchen filled with joy. They then went over to the balcony of that little apartment and Aisha's roommate was baptized. A heart surrendered to Jesus. On earth peace. So if you read the daily news in Istanbul, then Erdogan is leading and in power, but on a little balcony in a little apartment, a young woman surrenders her heart to Jesus and the peace of God enters her life now and forever. God is writing a story. What have you seen and heard? You see, the response that God asks for is not just wonder. Wow! Amazement. He asks for hearts surrendered to him. Lives of worship, of praise, of witness. I'll tell you something just to encourage you. Over the last three months here at Willingdon Church, we've tried to somehow track a little bit who is coming to faith So over the last three months, we know that more than 100 young people and adults have come to faith in Jesus. It's because people like you share their faith, witness. Trust that God will do a miracle. Trust that people will be drawn. 
So this Christmas season, maybe you're going to family gatherings today, tomorrow, this coming week, maybe Boxing Day. Thank the Lord, in Canada we have Boxing Day. (laughs) But what an opportunity for you to share the reason for your joy. Maybe today is a day when you just need to ponder, put things together. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you as you ponder the meaning of Christ's coming. Why the Lord would humble himself to the point of being born in a manger, a feeding trough. Why? Maybe today is the day when you will respond like the shepherds and say, Okay, Lord, (laughs) I accept you as Savior. I accept you as the Messiah. I accept you as Lord. I want your favor to rest on my life. More than anything, I need your peace to enter my soul. And whenever we do that, we're turning from sin, we're turning from independence, we're turning from wrongdoing, and we're turning to Jesus. We recognize that we can't save ourselves, that there was a reason for the Father to send Jesus, yes, so that we could be saved. So that we would not have to spend an eternity apart from God. So that we today could be in right relationship with God. And receive the peace of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. So that we could be forgiven. Our guilt removed. Our shame gone. So that we could become children of God. Sons and daughters of the Father. So that the favor of God might rest on us. So if you have never surrendered your heart to Jesus, then today is the day. That's what the angels said to the shepherds. Today is born for you a Savior. So listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Don't listen to me. This is between you and God. Listen to the drawing of the Holy Spirit. The Lord would have his joy enter your life, his peace enter your life. True peace. We're going to sing a few songs. Prayer team will come up. We'll go into a time of prayer. I would just urge you to respond in obedience to whatever the Spirit is calling you to do. If it is to give your life to Jesus today for the first time, then do that today. Do it up here. Do it with the person next to you. If it is to seriously consider what happened that first day in Bethlehem when Jesus was born to contemplate that why then do that and if you are a follower of Jesus then seize the opportunity to testify to what you've seen to what you've heard amen let's stand we will worship and come forward for prayer let's pray